All right, welcome back to another episode of Gear and Review. I'm Reed Smith, joined is always by Bobby Ritu and our resident professional, Mark Berry. Tenured resident professional. <laughs> Hold up, you're building up his ego. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, this is uh, the sixth in a series uh, around uh, professional gear. And so if you've not uh, not been listening the last several weeks, go back and check out the last several. We've talked about stabilization, uh, a couple of new DSLR models. Uh, we've talked about videography, uh, all kinds of good stuff, even mirrorless camera updates. So um, we're going to talk about something a little bit different today. Before we do, uh, be sure to go out to the website if you'd like to track down those previous episodes along with the archive of all of our shows at touchpoint.health. You can rate, review, and of course, subscribe wherever you find your podcast. And we appreciate that support. And today we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, or maybe a lot about, storage, right? And so we've talked a little bit about this before. Back in episode seven, we talked about portable hard drives. But again, in the spirit of professionalism, and since Mark's here, um, we're going to talk about... um, like really storage, you know, because I, I don't know that me as the guy that creates a lot of Google Docs is using a whole lot of storage these days. But you guys recording in uh, 4K and otherwise are going through quite a few terabytes every year, I would assume. Yes, we it is the biggest fundamental thing that we do is deal with storage. I mean, if you're in a production or photography business and you're not thinking about how you store content, then you're about to probably crash your business, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty good stuff. Um, You know, it's the biggest thing that we talk about from a budgeting standpoint, honestly. It's a big thing we talk about that determines workflow. Mm -hmm. It's something that um, even dictates what cards we use, uh, inside the cameras, it even dictates um, travel requirements, what drives we're going to mm. take, what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Is it a longstanding client or is this a one-off deal? You know, yeah. and to give you a little bit of history so we can get to this point, um, for many years, the, the content wasn't big enough to have to have a lot of drives, right? We were recording in... Uh, when I first started working for myself, I was using an HDV camera, a high definition digital video camera that the amount of storage it needed for an HD image was not comparable to a true raw HD image for my clients. Mm -hmm. And so I could get a year into a four terabyte drive. I could probably get two years into about, well, three years. I've got three years of storage or four, I think, no, actually four years of storage on a 10 terabyte drive. And that doesn't happen today. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about number one, how we justify the the way that we do things with storage, some of the drives that we use based on workflows, and then just ask our listeners, how are they doing it? Because we know we've learned through, um, uh, through uh, you know the you know the growing pains, 
And we would love to hear from other professionals. And also we'd love to hear from people that work in large companies that part of the, you know, the audio, visual, video production, photography production area of how they're managing their storage. So I'm excited about talking about this today. I'm not sure I could come up with a way to fill up a 10 terabyte drive. Uh, at this point. So uh, I'm not a lot of help with this conversation other than, you know, uh, we hear about data becoming cheaper and cheaper, right? The cloud, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you can go buy one of those little thumb drive keychains, this like 64 gig for about 19 bucks or something, you know, so it is getting cheaper. But to your point, uh, when you're producing it in the, in the volume in which you guys do, um, it kind of changes the game a little bit, I would guess. Right. So I'm going to give you a couple fundamentals that we are adhered to. And then we're going to talk about, you know, how we set projects up and kind of how we store things. But fundamental number one is everything is replicated. So we've learned a few years ago that if a client project is on one drive, mm-hmm. we replicate that content on a secondary drive and it's stored in a secondary location. So every project is double backed up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we start the year and we have our heavy clients, the ones that use us majority of our time. They get dedicated drives every year. And that includes a primary editing drive and then a primary backup. And so we'll, whenever we go out and acquire footage, Uh, whether it's video or photos or sound, whatever it may be, as soon as we acquire them, we put them on the edit drive and then we immediately back them up. And that backup drive lives always in a secondary location. Um, If it's a group that we have never worked with or a smaller client, Mm -hmm. we have one big drive for the year that we put all of our smaller clients on and they share that space and then we back up that main drive um, all the time, every time we're using that project. And so th- what has happened, the reason why we're in the replication mode is mainly because one is we have gotten in situations where a drive has failed and we didn't have a backup. And we've had to apologize to the client that the drives failed. We've lost our content. We're trying to get it restored. And so we don't want to answer to that anymore. So we build it into our pricing structure to accommodate this type of storage. I'm getting ready to buy um, hard drives for a new project for one of our big clients. And we're only going to put that project on these drives. We're going to shoot 4K for these four videos that we're going to do for a product client. We're going to buy three eight terabyte drives. Good grace. Primary. Yeah a primary editing drive, a backup drive, and then a drive for the client so that they can access that content that we capture at any other point in time. And so anytime we record and acquire, we immediately dump it on both drives and consistently back up. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what's the, talk about that for a second, because what's the thought about that? You know, you've always heard the, what is it, like the three, two, one rule or something like three copies and two different places or something, one of those being offsite or in the cloud or something like that. I mean, do you, do you guys think about it that way? Yeah. So, um, you know, Mark and I are both mobile editors. 
you know, we live in a very mobile world. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, we're, oh, yeah. you know, we're traveling all the time. And so whatever client we're working with, we're, we travel with that drive with mm-hmm. us. You know, if we're going to go work with the Duke Endowment out of North Carolina, we travel to that shoot with that drive. Mm-hmm. And we immediately, as soon as we get out of that shoot, we try to back it up, back the cards up um, that come out of the camera. And when we get back, we immediately replicate that data onto the backup drive that lives in a, in a safe at one of our offices. Mm-hmm. And so one is just the primary editing that goes wherever we go to edit or on location. And whenever we finish that edit, we back it up on the, on the primary backup for that client. And then there's like a fourth copy that's in like witness protection, like in an undisclosed location. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we just kind of somewhere, uh, but you know, it's kind of crazy that we have to think of this way, you know, and it's only because we've experienced what it's like to lose stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we do. We, we, we like the G tech drives, G technology drives. Um, they, we can per, pretty much purchase from them what we need for the projects, whether it's an eight terabyte drive or a mobile drive. I like to carry the small little mobile drives with me because they're one terabyte. They have spinning parts in them, but you know, I can work on a small project on that one terabyte in HD and pretty much fill up that thing, that whole drive, and then we'll back it up, you know, and we'll use that for small clients. So we're using large desktop drives, like we'll use the GTEC uh, eight terabyte uh, G drive that's USB and it's uh, Thunderbolt, and it allows us to work right there on the the desktop, and we can plug them into any of one of our uh, deals. Um, and it, that has required us to really think about our workflow. I love Mark to kind of talk about our workflow from a project standpoint because every time we start a new project. There's a workflow we do, we create in order to to get the drive ready for media. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it's funny because ever since digital video has been on the scene, it's been absorbent in the amount of space that it requires. And 4K video, with the introduction of 4K video, it just adds a whole new dynamic to that. It presents us with a number of challenges. And I think I've used this phrase before in a previous podcast, but it's actually a very simple problem, but requires a very complex solution. The problem is the files are gigantic. They really take up a lot of space and they can fill up a hard drive pretty quickly. Uh, the solution to that is a little bit more dynamic. We, we edit with something called proxy files. And this is where it actually duplicates all of the 4K files that we have, but uh, turns them into a very low quality file for us to edit with because the files are so big that the machines actually cannot handle the files. Mm. And when we export the video, we, we switch out those proxy files back with the 4k raw content. And we maintain folder structures for these clients and it helps with the workflow. But another, another uh, challenge that we have is, you know, a lot of old school editors will say, well, you know, uh, your editing software has the ability to, to, um, store the project and discard all of the footage that you didn't use when you edited the project. 
well, that's great and all, but the nature of the work that me and Bobby do, we may get a call from a client in two years to say, hey, do you have that shot of when Joe adjusted his glasses during that interview? You know, just this this one little moment that, I mean, obviously they would never ask us for something like that. But my point is they may ask us for a moment that we would never have thought of saving when archiving that project right. and being able to just go back and, and, and grab that is very, very important. So really the only solution we really have is to keep all of our files. And that's just a matter of project management and having really big drives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, again, you know, when we're talking about 4K, like we had the last couple of weeks and uh, that stuff adds up pretty, pretty quickly. And so it's always good to have good solutions. Um, certainly you can buy stuff off their website. I mean, stuff is priced everywhere from, you know, 75 bucks and up. But what, what do you guys use a particular type? I know there's pro level drives and you know versus you know kind of the portable consumer stuff and you mentioned desktops but is there is there a big difference between what you can buy you know desktop wise even you know the larger capacity stuff say at best buy or the apple store or whatever versus what they deem their pro drives does that make sense a lot of consumer drives actually nowadays have enormous storage capacity i mean you can go to best buy and buy a 12 terabyte drive uh, some of the advantages of some of the more professional drives is throughput, which is basically the cable that is used to hook to the computer, maybe allows for a little faster editing. Another thing is the professional drives tend to be a little bit more stable. They may last a little bit longer and not have as big tendency to fail. That's the two main advantages I can see with professional drives. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, the prof- especially that throughput you can really, you know, especially with 4K footage, if you're going to edit raw 4K or try to, you've got to have a fast machine. Oh, yeah. That's why Mac came out with the iMac Pro to handle that type of throughput. That's why they came out with the faster uh, Thunderbolt speeds, which can handle that throughput through the cord um, and the drive of that speed of uh, file needs. Um, and then the other thing is um, really throughput and then also um, the the ability to um, have different types of cords you can plug in. You know, not everybody we like to be able to use from different machines. Not all, all the machines have USB C or the mm. you know or the Thunderbolt three. Yeah, and so we like to have something that has multiple et, uh, plug options, and you'll find that on the professional level as well. Cool. Well, that's good. That's, those, those are some good thoughts. You know, it's more about just what uh, interfaces your laptop has. It's more uh, about who's going to be touching this stuff over time, uh, ultimately the amount of storage, and then, you know, the workflow is an interesting one. So, uh, you know, those working in this space, I, I know Bobby and Mark would love to, you know, have additional conversations with, you know, what works, what doesn't work, tips, uh, tricks, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, you can track, obviously, uh, them down through the website, touchpoint.health, rate, review, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. We would love to uh, uh, love to hear from you and uh, love to hear what else we uh, should be reviewing, talking about, covering, uh, all that kind of good stuff. So for Martin Berry, Bobby Ratu, I'm Reed Smith, and we'll see you next time. This show is made possible in part by the Social Health Institute. Through research and partnerships with healthcare organizations around the country, 
The Social Health Institute explores new and innovative ways for hospitals, healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategy. To learn more about the Social Health Institute, visit them online at socialhealthinstitute.com. That's socialhealthinstitute.com. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health. Thank you.